Christian Parenting. Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, author Sarah Humphrey and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now, let's join our hosts, Sarah and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. I'm Mike Naraki. And I'm Sarah Humphrey. Today, we're speaking with the author of the adorable Proverbs series, Jennifer Marshall Pleakley. But before we do that, we like to start every Bible for Kids podcast with a Bible verse. Mike? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. And that's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Jennifer Marshall Bleakley is also the author of Joey, the Proverbs devotional series, Project Solomon, and Finding Grace. Jen has a master's degree in counseling and worked as a grief counselor for several years before staying home with her children. Somewhere in between countless loads of laundry, library story time, petting zoos, and the blessed hours of nap time, Jen discovered a way to combine her lifelong love of animals and her longing to encourage others with her passion for writing. Jen often says that animals have much to teach us about ourselves, about each other, and about God. But in order to learn from them, we must pause, P-A-W-S, <laughs> and pay attention. She also really loves a good pun. Jen lives in Raleigh, North Carolina with her husband, Daryl, their two children, Andrew and Ella, and a menagerie of pets, including a rescue cat, a sloth-like bearded dragon, and a very needy golden retriever. <laughs> Welcome, Jen. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. It's so good to be here with y'all. Welcome to the podcast. Just before this, we were talking about pets because um, we all from time to time have to put our pets in our room as we Zoom. And this is one of those times <laughs> for me. So I can relate to you, your needy golden retriever, but a, a bearded dragon? What? What is What is that? Uh, yeah, a beard. I I'd had a hard line on no reptiles. And then my uh, kids, um, we'll call it their persistence and tenacity, their God-given <laughs> traits, um, wore me down. So we have a bearded dragon that looks like a cross between a lizard and an iguana and um, okay. All right. I think they're native to like New Zealand Australia kind of temperament okay. and climate and so yeah. um, there's a big tank in my son's room and wow. the bearded dragon's name is Captain Tim my kids named oh. him I call him Jabba the Hutt because he <laughs> it literally sounds like just you need to say that with an Australian accent hey Captain Tim <laughs> <laughs> don't bite me eh? <laughs> exactly I however call him Jabba the Hutt because he just lays there I'll, I'll walk by oh, like are you having a good life? Is this what you envisioned for yourself? Like a 40 gallon glass tank, but how big happy. is Captain Tim? Is he like bigger Captain than a bread box? Tim, it, he is, he is about the size of a loaf of bread. He's big. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. From, t from nose to tail, probably like 18, 20 inches. And he wow. rides on, he'll sit on my daughter's shoulder and, okay. um, 
he sometimes gets little field trips around the house, but <laughs> he just kind of, he just kind of chills and does his thing. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess those warm nights, you know, uh, North Carolina summers, he can probably, you know, do they take him outside at all and play they with do. him in the he, yard? Even though he's only known the habitat we have for him, he, yeah. that the God given instinct of like, watch out for predators from above is strong. So he like flattens himself like a pancake and makes oh, some wow. weird hissing noises when he's outside. So he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really like his food. Yeah. He's much happier in his little glass box. Just watch out for those turkey vultures. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Well, you're a person after my own heart with the love of puns. So I appreciate that. Mad so. respect for dead sea squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Proverbs. That's great. That and was so, super cute. So, okay. So we've got, you know, golden retrievers and, and lizards. Why? So maybe this is an obvious answer, but why did you choose pet stories to help kids better understand Proverbs? You know, I, I think there's just something so disarming about animals that that we all can relate to. And as far as teaching lessons, I learned, I wish I could say I was smart enough to have really thought this through, but it was just one of those things that came out through parenting when I when I would ask my kids to clean up their room and you know, maybe didn't really get the results I was wanting. But then if I would say something like, you know, our golden retriever at the time, Sunny, she would get really sick if she chewed on what is on your floor. Would you help take care of Sunny by cleaning up? And then all of a sudden the rooms are clean. And oh, and wow, so man. just kind of noticing that they would pick up on, you know, when Sunny was scared of thunderstorms and that would lead to conversations about how she runs to us when she's scared and how we can run to God when we're scared. And, and yeah. so just over time, kind of recognizing that there's a there's just an innate willingness to open our hearts and and learn from animals that maybe even with other people were a little more closed off and less receptive. So it just seemed like the perfect pairing. Yeah, that's so interesting you say that because, you know, when I became a parent, you know, it felt like, okay, I there was a greater understanding of, you know, maybe how God loves me to how, you know, I can love my kids. And, you know, children just seem to be that that paternal instinct feels like it comes out with animals. And so that makes total sense. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I can see that now because, you know, I take care of them, how God takes care of me. Yeah, yeah that's really, really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's so good that the kids, you know, our kids are like that too. If we say something about the dog, all the kids flock, you know, to do whatever the dog needs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> basically sleeps and runs around and like let out. Like those are the main yeah. things. But we yeah. always tell them, like, we're all she has. Like, yes. Lola, and that's our dog. You know, she looks around and we're it. So we yeah. have to provide for her and show her what life is supposed to be about. And I think it does put this, like, gentle responsibility on them without them really, you know, like, taking it too seriously. But also right. they take it really seriously. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a. a fascinating thing that happens, which I think is part of, you know, God's kindness to us and giving us animals is when you start to take care of an animal, oftentimes without realizing it, you're starting to take care of yourself too, which is why, you know, equine therapy and therapy dogs and, and when someone is grieving and they have an animal that they have to still take care of and get up out of bed and, and take the dog for a walk or feed the cat. And it really does without really realizing what's happening, you are starting to take care of yourself in the process. Oh, well, I can attest to that. Our uh, Wheaton Terrier here requires about four miles a day for walking. And so wow. my wife and I, it's like, thanks for keeping us in shape, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get wow. you moving, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, you've written a couple Proverbs books. You've got Proverbs and then Proverbs for a dog lover's heart and then Proverbs for a cat lover's heart. So can you tell us a little bit about what inspired the general Proverbs series? Which Absolutely. It's so cute. Thank you. Yeah, um, honestly, what inspired this was a big parenting whoopsie. When years and years ago, my now 20-year-old was probably six we went on summer vacation and I committed the almost unforgivable sin of not packing my kids' bedtime books. And so um, it was, it was not, they were on my bed. It was my fault. I forgot to take them. (laughs) So at bedtime, everyone's kind of looking like, what do we do? We had been as a family, just kind of going through the book of Proverbs a little bit. And like, I love the verse that you read because that was where the, the genesis of Proverbs came from was Proverbs three, five, and six. Um, we had been talking about what it means to trust God. My son was just starting into school and um, just talking about friends and trusting God and all the things. So we had been going through Proverbs and we had um, our second golden at the time. Our first golden sonny had died and we had um, our sweet Bailey. And so I just, in desperation, started telling my kids a story about Sunny, who was our dog that had died, having puppies. Bailey was one of her puppies, and she was laying with her human family at night and learning about Proverbs and then taking it to go tell her puppies. And so they mm-hmm. acted out, the, the puppies' antics acted out what we were trying to teach them from Proverbs. And so because my son um, at the time was obsessed with Build-A-Bear, and we had so many stuffed animals and they were all dogs and they were all named Paws. So there's Paws 1, Paws 2, Paws 3. Um, <laughs> I looked at his stuffed animal and the name Proverbs just kind of came out. And so for years, it was just stories that I would make up for my kids. And then after my first book, Joey, which tells the true story of a blind horse that helped others see, I was talking with my publisher, Sarah Atkinson, and just about how my first foray into writing was really writing down these stories for my kids. I said the name Proverbs. She loved the title and saw it as a devotional. And so I just love how God brought all of those elements together from stuffed animals to my parenting mistake to, uh, you know, my publisher and creating the Proverbs that it is today. But in my heart, it always started as like little stories for my kids, which I just love and which made getting to do a children's book that much more special. Well, that's so great. And that it feels like that's sort of the answer to the question that I have for you next. And just, you know, so you've got this leading up to the book, but as you were writing it, what what about this book excited you as you were writing it? Yeah, I, and just getting to write for kids. I, yeah. I always say that animals are my love language and kids are my people. I've just <laughs> always loved writing for children, teaching children. Uh, I was a grief counselor for children. I just, I love kids. And so it, I've wanted to write a children's book since I was a child. And so this was truly just a dream come true. That's so great. Well, we've got a bunch more questions for you about the book, but uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back on the Bible for Kids podcast. kids crave connection with us and with God, and one of the strongest ways we can show love to our kids is through words of encouragement. That's why Christian Parenting created Noteworthy Prayers. These 50 customizable notes were designed to help you remind your kids that you love them, are thinking about them, and are always praying for them. Each card has an uplifting message, a Bible verse, a prayer, and a space for you to write your own note to your child. Simply tear off a page and place it in or on their backpack, lunchbox, bathroom mirror, or car dashboard, wherever they will find it. Get creative. Remember, your kids are never too young or too old to hear how much you adore them. 
For more information and to get your cards, head over to cpgive.org. That's cpgive.org. Your kids won't cry over spilled milk with this action-packed cookbook. They'll learn how to cook like a super chef. From Food Network star and host, Darnell Super Chef Ferguson, comes the Super Chef Family Cookbook, bursting with culinary tips and techniques that will help kids cook safely and have fun while cooking. Grab the new Super Chef Family Cookbook and get your little chef cooking. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. Sarah and I are speaking with Jennifer Marshall Bleakley. Well, Jennifer, you've been telling us a little bit about how the Proverbs got started. It sounds like there's a verse with each animal story. Can you tell us a little bit how you fit those together? Absolutely. It is it is a giant um, puzzle, to be honest. I, I went through and made a list of all of the Proverbs that lent themselves to this kind of book. I will say there's a lot of proverbs about adultery and, uh, you know, drunkenness and things that maybe not so much for a children's book. So um, I, I had a it's list. A, it's a story about a bunch of drunk uh, horses. I, I, I was a lot of proverbs for teens also. And so I know. Because right? when yeah. I through them, I was like, I don't know if we're going to include all of these. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then once I, I had the list, then, you know, themes just start to emerge about friendship or wisdom or um, obedience. And so then from the themes, I started just matching with different stories that I had been collecting. Some of the stories were my own from childhood, from animals. We've had some more people that would share stories with me and some were just like, just listening, keeping my eyes and ears open and and just paying attention to all the different animals around me and then just matching those all together. And somehow God and his sovereign grace just makes the puzzle fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a do you have a, a, a favorite animal from one of the books that you've done? It's so hard to choose. I, I I'll just I'll answer easy and just say, you know, the the ones about my own animals. Um specifically, yeah. there's one story in the book about. Michael, our golden retriever, Gracie, I think the title is called Snow Bath. And it was one that happened in real time while I was writing the book. And um, our dog is terrified. She loves water. She's terrified of bath time. She's a complicated animal. And so <laughs> yeah. She... yeah, they love Yeah, they love to play in the sprinklers, but yet yeah, you get like the, you know, the bath hose on them. And yeah, it, like it, purposeful to... water is terrifying. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we were at, staying at a, at a ski resort and they had the snow blowers because in, you know, Virginia, there's not a lot of God made snow. So they got to do the best they can. <laughs> yeah. And these snow machines were yeah. going off and she was terrified because I think to her it looked like a giant hose and so just watching her deal with that like that that fear that kept her from want she didn't even feel like she could go past the snow machine and so watching her learn to watch me and if her eyes are on me she was okay to walk past it and so just paying attention to that like how many times do I do that if I can keep my eyes on God I can walk past the thing or walk through the thing that's so scary so that was one that all but that was definitely a favorite just because it was real time and involved my own dog. That's great. <laughs> well, outside, obviously, you have the the couple pets in your own house. But how do you find the other pets that you include in the stories and write stories about them? So thankfully, when people hear that you're writing animal stories, um, they're really 
willing to share stories with you. So I have an email address, Proverbs stories, I think at gmail.com and people will email me stories. People reach out through social media, my publishing team, they're all avid animal lovers. So we have many calls where we just share animal stories and then just Honestly, I, I say in the book, you know, to pause and pay attention and and just doing practicing what I preach and pausing and paying attention to what the squirrels are doing outside to a white deer that wanders through my backyard, you know, just all of those kind of things and just trying to notice God's fingerprints all over the planet. Yeah, yeah. And so as as kids and parents are reading this book, what do you hope they take away from it? I truly hope that kids that read it will just see a glimpse of God's love and and start to notice him and his presence all around. And sometimes the best way to see God's heart is through the little animal ambassadors that he's given us. And then I hope that as families read it, it can become a tool, like a discipleship tool, a tool to help them facilitate conversations about big topics like anxiety and loneliness and, you know, choosing friends, even grief. I did try to draw a lot on my mental health counseling background and grief counselor background to write the stories in such a way that it, it could foster some bigger conversations. So I, I hope it's just a helpful tool for families. That's great. Yeah, that's so good. And you mentioned that sometimes fans will email you stories about their pets, but do they also ask you questions or are there any specific questions that you hear most often? The number one question is probably, where do you find all the stories? And then the second one is people really want to know if there will be animals in heaven. So not that I'm a theologian, um, (laughs) not that I feel really qualified to answer such things. But for those that ask, I'm 100% convinced that there will be animals in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) New heaven and the new earth with all of the restored creation, right? Amen. Yep, absolutely. Lion and lambs, horses. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is off topic, but you know, the whole lion and lambs thing, you know, it's like, I I, I was reading about that the other day and it's actually wolves, wolves and lambs. So it's like one of those things that kind of gets caught. It's like the Bible says lions. No, it's the wolf lies down. Yeah. So anyways, (laughs) well, thank you. (laughs) Look it up and you know, and wolves are, you know, dog related. So of course it's awesome. (laughs) There you go. Five or six dogs when we get there, because you know, over the lifetime, (laughs) I mean, we've had a dog pretty much my whole life. So they've all gone through different spans and maybe they're all friends. It'll be <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then the fact that so many dogs, I think, help people experience God's love. I just, yeah. how could they not be? <laughs> well, the dog, the dog we have now, Freddie, he's here with me right now. He, um, we are, our last dog, Banjo, passed away when both of our kids were in college. And, uh, you know, it was a really a rough time. And I know and our daughter was in law school when, when Freddie passed away. And, um, just and and or I'm sorry when Banjo passed away and getting Freddie helped her so much you know mm-hmm. with the stress of you know school and everything and so um yeah. it was just he was a real godsend and I know mm-hmm. um you know with little kids but but I think you know with all of us you know is mm-hmm. you know through college and adult I mean just yeah. the pets are just wonderful uh to just you know as therapy and just just yeah. just to to re, just to I don't know just show God's blessing to us so it's like every day it just feels like he's our little you know wingless wingless angel <laughs> down yeah. there a lot of times I love that <laughs> so, uh, well you know so yeah I think you know as authors we always learn something as we're writing you know a book so what did you learn while writing writing this one? 
Oh, goodness. I, I learned so much every time I, I start these Proverbs books. But for this one specifically, I learned that I love writing for kids. I yeah. I started off writing curriculum for our church many, many moons ago now, and it was for elementary curriculum. And um, so I hadn't written specifically for kids since then. And I I just I love it and I'd love to get to do more of it. And um, I that was a, I, not so much a surprise, but just something I was so excited to get to do again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all go through highs and lows as authors, too. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about the most challenging part of your writing process and then maybe like some advice for other, you know, young authors or kids who maybe want to be an author someday? Absolutely. I, I think the most challenging part is, you know, finishing. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's always that glow when you start a new project, like this is going to be wonderful and I'm going to get it done so quickly and everything's going to be great. And and then it starts to fizzle and um, the excitement wanes and it becomes a little bit more work-like. And so for me, just realizing early on that writing is as much discipline and muscle memory as it is art and creativity. And I think it first out of the gate, me was like, oh, it's just wonderful. And I'm going to be in a coffee shop and just writing and the words are just going to pour out all the time. And, <laughs> and um, when it started to get hard, it was like, wait, should I really be doing this? Maybe I've misunderstood God. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so just realizing and, and training myself to to just write a little bit every day and and finish. Even if I start something and I'm like, that's horrible. I still try to make myself finish it, even if it's just to give it a equally horrible ending, just to have that muscle memory of, of finishing something and of writing a little bit every day. Yeah. And um, so for aspiring writers, I think, you know, my advice is treat it like you would a sport or learning an instrument or, you know, anything that you're going to start trying to do and and to build that discipline and build that muscle. And for me, that just looks like writing a little bit every day and finishing to the best as I that I can, you know, what I start. Oh, that's so true. I tell my students the biggest part of writing is rewriting, you know, (laughs) and and just and I, you know, I remember, you know, before I started to write a lot, this idea that, okay, you know, writing is the kind of the process of getting what's in my head down on paper. And that couldn't be less (laughs) the truth, because (laughs) there's so much about, you know, just the act of starting to put words down that help you to formulate your thoughts and write other words. And, yes. you know, so it's just physically starting to write is, is really important. You don't have to wait till it's all formed in your head before you write it down because you absolutely know, it can yes. never happen. <laughs> and I, I was having this conversation with a, a fellow writer the other day and, and he used a phrase that I had used before. So I just related to it so much. And for me, I, I love to have written. <laughs> so yes. and that idea that writing can be so painful, but you know, there's the joy yes. of, you know, having finished it and written it. That's just yes. wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> yes. I know for me, like my um, I remember when I was starting my my squirrel series, I had been talking with my wife about it for years. And it's like, oh, okay, this is something I want to do. And she was just really encouraging me to like, yeah, this is a great idea. You should really do this. And and I'm you know really indebted to her for that. Is there a person in your life who encouraged you to you know, keep writing at a point where maybe you, you know, felt like you wanted to stop and, and what did they do to challenge you to be a, a better writer? Yeah. I, you know, looking back, not 
for these books specifically, it kind of was born just in a conversation with my publisher and um, the seeds had been planted so long ago. But for writing in general, you know, honestly, it was my dad back when I had just first learned how to read. I was a painfully shy child and found it hard to talk to even kids my own age. And my dad picked up on that and um, would start leaving me just little notes in front of the coffee pot in the morning. And he would just kind of model communication, like telling me about his day and asking me open-ended questions. And then I would get so excited to write back to him and I would leave it, you know, tiptoe out my strawberry shortcake pajamas, leave it in front of the coffee pot. He would read what I said and wrote back. And that kind of is how he helped me get out of my shell and learn to communicate through the written word. So I think God really laid the seeds for what he would later call me to do all those years ago, just seeing the power of the written word, the power to communicate with others through the written word and all because of letters in front of a coffee pot. (laughs) That's so cool. Well, I think it might be time for a short break. Well, let's go ahead and do that. We'll we'll take a short break and we'll be right back on the Bible for Kids podcast. Hi, this is Mike Naraki. And I'm Sarah Humphrey. You may know me as the voice of Larry the Cucumber from VeggieTales, but I'm also the author of the Dead Sea Squirrels early reader book series published by Tyndale. There's nothing like learning biblical lessons from a pair of rehydrated squirrels. And Tyndale just released the first six books in a set. Right, Mike? That's right. Your kids can start reading the first six Dead Sea Squirrels books now in a new six-pack, available on Amazon and other retailers. They're great for kids ages 6 to 10, those early reading years, and a perfect gift idea for the coming season. Look for the Dead Sea Squirrels books wherever books are sold. In a world where waffles are green and French toast is made in muffin tins, Kids can learn to cook like Food Network star and host Darnell Super Chef Ferguson. The Super Chef Family Cookbook has QR codes that connect you to videos where he demonstrates proper and safe techniques while cooking fun, fresh recipes. Pre-order your copy today for the little chef in your family. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. Sarah and I are speaking with Jennifer Marshall Bleakley. Jennifer, this has been super fun talking about the Proverb series. We all want to know, do you have any other new projects that you're working on or anything that you might be able to share about what could be coming? We do. Um, so I have a book releasing next month with Larry Randolph, who is the founder of Canines for Christ, which is a therapy dog ministry. So that book is called Finding Grace. It'll be available October 17th. And that was so much fun to work on. And and I started writing that with him right after finishing Proverbs for a Dog Lover's Heart. So I was full on into dog mode and they just do amazing, amazing work. And then um, there's actually a second volume of Proverbs for Kids that will release in the spring. They initially asked me for 60 stories. So when they put all of that together, it looked like kids were going to walk around with dictionaries. So we split it into two. (laughs) And so um, more Proverbs for Kids will be Uh available in the spring. And so excited about that one. And then currently working on another devotional um, that has to do with Psalms, but still animal themes. So Lots of lots of fun things. The animal stories are starting to run together in my head, but yeah, I am I'm 100% okay with that. <laughs> oh, wow. So oh, that's great. Well, and, and thank you so much. This has been so much fun talking with you, Jen. Can, can you tell our listeners the best place to connect with you and your work? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me at jenniferblakely.com uh-huh. on social media, just at Jen Blakely and try the hashtag proverbs. That'll, that'll definitely get you my way at uh proverbs pets is another one. Great. And I'm curious, do you subscribe to any of those like uh, Facebook groups for, do- for like golden retrievers, you know, specifically that sort of thing? <laughs> so, so many, my, my Instagram, <laughs> the algorithms know me well, it's just all <laughs> pet stuff all the time. So for me, Instagram is a very happy place because it's just <laughs> animal video after animal video. <laughs> yeah. We're te- like, as a family, we're texting those constantly to each other. Uh-huh. It's like, Oh, did you see this one? Oh, did you see this one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it's a great place to get stories too for your. Definitely. For your- yeah. I've, I've reached out a couple of times to, you know, stories I've seen on that. In fact, there's a, a book, a, a story in the book coming out about a dolphin. And I ended up getting connected to the dolphin trainer through a social media post, a, a post went viral about her dog and a dolphin, like having a little smooch. And so <laughs> I was able to track her down because I'm like, I love dolphins too. So I'm like, yes. must, must tell that story. <laughs> wow. It's like the real life little mermaid sort of. <laughs> 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 I want to be where the doggies are. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. This has been so much fun. Listeners, be sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram at The Bible for Kids. The Bible for Kids is now a 501c3 nonprofit, and we'd love to have you join us in our mission of reaching kids with the message of the Bible. Our new store now features pay-what-you-can pricing on many items, with many more coming soon. Visit thebibleforkids.com to donate or learn more today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bible for Kids podcast with Sarah Humphrey and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with The Bible for Kids on Instagram, Facebook, and at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network. Find out more at christianparenting.org. Our show is also available on waynation.com. Christian Parenting.